Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. What well, incredible privilege I have to introduce someone that I'm fairly closely related to, and we'll talk about that in a second. This is Scott Heckman, and his role at this point is he's executive pastor of the Downtown Congregation of the Austin Stone Community Church, yes, in Austin, Texas. And uh, well, welcome. Thanks. It's good to be here, Dad. Well, let me say a little bit more about you, dear sure. dear young man. <laughs> uh, and I'll get, of course, the punchline in just a second. But uh, Scott's married to Lydia. And uh, together they have four children, uh, three daughters and one son. But he didn't start out. And we'll be talking about this a little bit. He started out not as a pastor, but he got actually a degree in civil engineering from Calvin College right. here in Grand Rapids, went on to get a master's degree in water resource engineering, University of Texas, and that's what brought him to Austin. That's right. And Turns now out. he's, yeah, okay, <laughs> but uh, somehow he moved from that to ministry. We're going to talk about that. Sir. Um, so he is a licensed professional engineer, loves talking about Jesus and water treatment technology, mm -hmm. both. That's good. Mm -hmm. So you've been down in Austin for over 14 years, but you love coming back to this nice frozen tundra called Michigan. It is cold today as we're doing oh, this recording, boy. but hopefully spring's going to arrive one of these days. Maybe I'll pass a little warmth up your way. We'll see. Yeah, would you please? Yeah. Hopefully even during this conversation. Anyhow. But the most important thing, of course, and some people have probably already guessed it because we're both good looking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We are. Said, we are related. Amen. Yep. Scott, Glad we are. His middle name is Henry. So we call him Scott Henry the Eighth. He is yep. the eighth, he's the eighth born yep. out of 12. And just such a dear man of God. And I'm so proud of him and love him. And so again, welcome, Scott, to this little podcast. Thank you, sir. It's good we're on this uh, little, little podcast together. I appreciate the invite. It's an honor. Well, it's it's fun to be able to chat with you. So obviously, um, you know, you're down in Austin. You've been there for a number of years. But uh, at, at one point, how many years ago did you make the transition from engineering to ministry? Yeah, this was uh, fall 2012. Okay. that the conversation sort of started. Um, I was uh, ha ha gainfully employed uh, by a consulting agency uh, in town. It's kind of Texas-based, and they mm -hmm. do uh, some some projects for cities, things like this. And I've been yep. doing that for three years and was st actually studying to become a, a licensed professional engineer for sure. my last kind of third of three steps uh, they put you through, which is good. It's good to know when you're 
driving across a bridge or drinking the water out of your tap, they, they, you know, hold people to certain standards that help make that. Um, that is good. That is good. That is good. In fact, I was in that process uh, as you take a drink. Um, very good stuff. Water you trust. Yes. Uh, engineer helped you make that or enjoy that. Um, and that's the kind of engineer that I was, was, was serving in uh, was water treatment engineering. Love my work, but my, my good friend uh, and kind of fellow small group member uh, mm-hmm. who was on staff <clears throat> was what the congregation pastor at the downtown location had asked me, uh, you know, would you ever think about being a pastor? Would, would be, being on staff at a church be something you'd be interested in even interviewing for or having conversation? Wow. And initially was, was uh, very much no you know, is my answer. I don't know. No, not really interested at all. Sure. Um, and, uh, not, not because I don't like pastors. I loved them. We were very involved. We were deacons, Lydia and I both at uh, downtown location, mm-hmm. um, and, and served in that capacity for three years to that point and loved it, but just firmly believed in the importance of the laity, uh, and how C.S. Lewis very well puts, um, what we need an answer to some question he'd received from, from somebody, should I go to ministry or not? Is it more godly to be a minister or not? He just said, what we need is not more ministers professionally, but people who are uh, people, doctors and people who write books about medicine and law sure. who are really, really faithful Christians. That's good. Uh, and that's kind of had been my, my conviction to that point. But uh, I think that's true ex- for everybody, except for the people God's calling to be pastors. <laughs> and over that next nine months, uh, that became clear that God wanted me to, to do wow. this. So you really yeah. felt the call. You felt a yes. call to, to. I did. Yes, sir. Wow. And, and my wife, sweet, sweet prophetess, as, as my friend calls her, that she is when I'd been kind of hemming and hawing, and it'd been about eight months, before, you know, weighing yeah. this decision. Uh, Lydia just finally pointed at me before she left the, the house one day and just said, you've been playing at this thing. You need to pray, pray at this thing. And oh, so sit down and, and, and I'm not coming back till you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and God just kind of broke me down and, and just revealed my biggest no was, was related to idolatry of money and a fear oh. of control. And so uh, that became very the start of, of kind of eroding my no into a I'll try it, you know, it was about as good as I could muster. And I, wow. I've, I've been doing that's been uh, it'll be nine years this summer sure. uh, since making that transition. And I've loved it. I've, it's 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 been something I'm, I'm better at than I thought I'd be. And I enjoy it more than that's, I thought. That's I'd, good. I'd Scott. Well, I'm so proud of you. To that. That's a tough step to take to get out of the boat walk on the water as it were you know with the lord but uh, again you and lydia were on the same page right i mean it, it, i would right. have made yeah. i would not suggest anyone make a change like that without your spouse being you know totally in agreement yes. you agree with that yes yeah yeah that'd be a tough tough road to have driven uh for sure six months much less nine years no for sure in the same boat so you've been at it for nine years yes sir and it's just been a piece of cake no problems just sweetness and light the whole time right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah right not not really no there's been plenty of of places so so i would say the three things 
three reasons I said yes were one related to the voice of God. I felt yes. like I heard him in a way, way uniquely that, to, than what I'd ever heard. The other two reasons were uh, rel- relative to, related to a desire for uh, impact, mm-hmm. even at a great cost. Sure. And, and feeling like particularly utilized. I think that's an important thing when weighing uh, decisions about what's God calling me to next is, is factoring in, you know, your effectiveness to it and your gifting yep. and things like yep. this. Sure. Sometimes we can make it only about that. Um, and, and one of my favorite concepts on this is it shouldn't, it shouldn't just be whatever you are sure you're good at, go do that thing. Um, otherwise Jesus was good at everything and he didn't do everything. True. He was on the earth for 33 years and most of which was anonymous and, and, and quiet. And mm-hmm. so, just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you ought to do that thing. That's good. Um, and just the the value and wisdom of limitation there. And so I think, but, but impact matters. And so that'd be one. And then the other one was investment in me. I felt like I needed to grow. Mm. And what I've seen is a lot of growth in this role. Um, but a lot of that growth has taken genuine <clears throat> uh, cost. You see the, the way, the way up to, to glory is I think, uh, a Puritan, I can't remember the name has said is, is first down to the servants quarters. And, and that that's kind of been the journey. (laughs) There's been a lot of times, whether physically just hitting that limit. Um, I've been dealing with more recently, just some like physical limitations of like, I don't know if this is related. I had COVID in December to sort of healing or, Mm -hmm. or anxiety and stress, um, which, Mm -hmm. which can come and, and, and ministry is, is no, no stranger as as sure are to some of that. So, well, I really think, yeah, yeah, I really think, I mean, I like what you say, the way up is down. I mean, so much in the Christian life is counterintuitive. Yeah. He would save his life. will lose it. That's right. But yeah. he is, who loses life for my sake will save it. I mean, it's it, it's just, uh, you know, yeah. love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. I mean, it's like, right. wait a minute, are you kidding me? But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I really, I, I appreciate the fact, that, I mean, being a pastor, I mean, I've got a lot of pastor friends and so on. I mean, especially through this COVID thing, it's been a challenge. I mean, you yeah. got people, good people on both sides of the, the, the issue. Hey, yeah. what's your problem? Are you a coward? We got to meet together. The other side, oh, germs you know don't let it you know whatever and you you got to kind of wade through that and figure out you know what to do in fact you're just getting back soon uh, in the next week or two apparently to the place that we were at when we visited you down there a number of years ago this big gym so you've been having to make moves and and you as the executive pastor have been responsible for the contracts and the arrangements and all that stuff that's that's a lot of work brother there yeah, we're, we're entering our fourth or this would be our fifth move wow location wise since march 2020 mm-hmm. uh and and it's not small we've had six thousand uh subscribers to our our monthly newsletter uh during that time and we've lost over those two years four thousand members really we've only netted a minus 400 so, so I started at 6,600 mm-hmm. and we've seen a churn of 4,500 and then, and yet we're still at 6,200. And so, mm-hmm. uh, people still interested in church over that time, but the impact and the cost on yep. those, those, those attenders and saying, how do I, 
think it's really challenged how do people affiliate with an institution mm -hmm. over this time? Mm -hmm. Because if it was just, well, I go to, you know, that church that meets at that corner, yeah. you don't have an affiliate. You, where's your, your affiliation? It's gone. Once that, once you're doing a digital service only, that's true. Because you're not, you're not going there anymore. That's right. So it's really challenged this idea of church as place. Mm -hmm. And, and either said, well, then church is, is pointless as, as many people have concluded. I, I could go back. I'm not concerned about safety anymore, but it's such a bother to go. Why would I go? Sure, sure. Or to some, it's kind of re reestablished some of the conviction of saying it's worth that sacrifice that I, I think as, as Paul would say mm -hmm. in, in Ephesians, uh, the church is the people. Or First Peter, that the, right. that I'm building you into mm -hmm. the church, that mm -hmm. Christ is cornerstone, but it's people, um, and so we have a lot. I think that we we've, we've seen as similarities to the people that have been pressed and pushed around in in Ukraine or Afghanistan that yeah, people sure. call Jesus King. Uh, there's mm -hmm. this kind of you can either just say ah, what's the point? Or I think another mm -hmm. the blessing of COVID's kind of forced us into giving up false faith or it challenges to see no faith is real um but it's 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 costly sure um, yeah it's portable but, you know you, you know. have a, a lot of uh, students from university of texas there primarily who, yep yep about is that largely who makes up your congregation students we're, we're about out of that <clears throat> so it's so on a sunday we're about up to 1100 now uh on a week-to-week -week basis over two services okay we were, we were regularly 2500 in person yeah what we've seen is attendance frequency has gone down so sure. again even if we're talking to the same people in a population uh -huh. people are going to church less often okay but the composition is still almost exactly the same we just finished a survey analysis that we did to see well, who are we on sundays in particular uh -huh. And we're still 40% college students, 40% young professionals, and 20% families. Okay. So we definitely shift towards that younger, our median yeah. age is like 25 yes. and a half okay. uh, at our downtown location. Well, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the statistics that suggest that, that young people are leaving uh, the church, leaving mm -hmm. the faith yep. uh, at, at pretty significant rates. Yeah. Um, are you seeing that? I mean, yeah. as you interact with, with these college students and young professionals and so on, is there a real um, crisis in, in America that you can see certainly in Austin in that particular age group as far as faith and, and going to church and, yeah. and being a Christ followers? I think you probably it's a complicated answer. It's a good question to keep asking. I'd say it's a yes and no. I think it's yes in that again, they're attending less frequently than they were on a Sunday. Um, but so are the older, the older gen. We don't. We're not seeing a bifurcation of just this age is is not participating, or even a statistically significant change at just that that range. Um, I think it's just generally people go less nationally to church okay. in person on Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think, and I think there may be definite trends we can, we can look at from a, this age range nationally, but at downtown congregation, of the Austin stone, we're not seeing a change in composition. So it's, it's either happening across the board at every age. Okay. Sure. Um, 
or or it's it's not happening at all um, right. as far as a like shedding specifically uh-huh. of, of participation and faith. I think there's a lot of young young kids anecdotally to add to that that are still like, I need something to be stable. Mm. And all these these statistics that d- reveal, I mean, we just saw the the amount of uh, uh, deaths from overdose, drug overdose year over year nationally increased 25 percent. In the state of Texas, it was 10% higher than that. 35% increase from one year to the next in deaths related to overdose. And you have specific you know, reasons that contribute to that. But certainly you've got to say there's a, there's a mental health crisis going on. And how do you overcome that? Well, either through escape, just more, just that's not happening. Right. Or through clinging to something real. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen a lot of young people was at an, a, an event last night of about 60 of our volunteers that um, the average age there's probably 23 okay. out of the 60 volunteers that help set up, tear down, welcome, greet all this on, on Sundays, their fervor is high. They're coming to faith in Christ. They're, they're, they're bringing their non-believing friends to this thing. It's like, Hey, this is hard, but it, it's real. There's something deep here. So I, I wouldn't say anecdotally or statistically, hmm. it's, it's a, a epidemic problem distinct to young people. That's good. Well, let's push in on that. Cause that's encouraging. We're looking for some encouraging news sure. in the midst of, you know, the COVID and, and all the other stuff going on. But um, so you, you use the word, you know, fervor and, and uh, what is it that, that a, a young person needs in their life besides hopefully once a week attending a church service? Hmm. What more do they need to, to really keep their faith growing yeah. and stay close to, to God that will meet that big hole in their heart? What do they need to have in their And not just yeah. young people, but all of us. What do they need? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think um, there's lots of good authors here. I love uh, Russell Moore, Dr. Russell Moore, and, and what he has to say. I think it's mm-hmm. Onward is his book where I, I'm kind of paraphrasing his categories, but that every human needs purpose. Okay. Every every human needs security or, or protection, mm-hmm. uh, and we all need people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and those are three categories, you know, that sort of even paraphrase Maslow a little bit, and and just saying, what do we need to survive? But I think if Sundays kind of give you a little bit of that sense of of protection that I'm with people who think the same way I do and mm-hmm. love my love the fact that I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. You still need purpose and you still need people. Okay. Um, and so I think what we really keep preaching and we're really encouraged by is if you're a member of our church, we mm-hmm. call those those people partners. Yep. It is an expectation you are a you are a part of a community. Mm-hmm. And we've had that expectation for a very long time of our partners. And and five years ago, uh, we were at twenty five percent of the people that call themselves members of our downtown congregation work a part of community, a community of faith outside of Sundays. Oh, okay. 25%. Okay. Scattered church. We call it a gather on Sunday, scatter together. But you need people that you have committed your life yes. to that yes. can do more than just, Hey, good to see you, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. But, but really life, life on life where you That's can be right. real, you can be vulnerable. Yes. You can say, would you pray for me? I'm struggling in this area. That's yeah. right. Or even if it's a sermon you want to talk about from Sunday, sure, sure. That, you're, that somebody's going to say, yeah, but I don't see how that's really playing out in your life. Mm-hmm. Somebody love you that much okay. to say something hard like that or receive that from you. 
um, and the body of Christ kind of broken down in a little yeah. smaller vessel. You need people like that. We do. Um, and, and I think you need purpose. And so whether that is serving on a Sunday okay, and, or, or it is serving your community, you've mm-hmm. got to be living this out. And I think it's ideal that God creates synergy this way to, to work with people, particularly to go do that, that, that purpose, um, that we're called ideally, not only to declare the gospel. Yes, that, but to de- demonstrate it to people. Yep, so sure. people got to love you enough to challenge you in that. But we, if we, especially young people, I find that, that they usually start with purpose and then admit they need protection okay. and admit they need people. Okay. Um, and I think, I think it's probably older folks that say, no, I know we need to stay together. We need to be protected and mm-hmm. probably less to admit sure, sure. Need for people. Or, or the need for purpose outside okay. of this. So that's just some ideas. That, so you said a, a, a number of years that. ago, you had 25% that were involved in these other yes, small sir. groups. Yeah. Has that we're changed? Has we're that changed? up to 57, 57% in oh, our most recent. High five. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah, great. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there we go. But that's, that shows, I think, a, a, a again, maybe a counterpoint yep. to yep. this idea that people are giving up. I'm like, there's there's maybe a a spiritual wage gap if you will yeah between between newcomers and the healthy strong but 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 i still think i'm like that doesn't mean there's no strong healthy christians yeah that's good i think it just means clarifying what that means to be strong i like you know those three p's but you know where does for example my my personal you know, Bible study and prayer time, yeah, you know, yeah, to me, good. if I'm going to grow as a Christian, I mean, I need to spend time every day so being with the Lord, yes. not just talking to him, but letting him talk to me through prayer, being with him, but then getting in his word. You, you agree yes. that that's got to be part of your life too. Oh, right? yes, absolutely. Foundational. And I think you could, you could argue either you make another category of, of I don't know, presence, if you want to be a good Baptist and stick yeah. with all the teeth, <laughs> um, or you could be, uh, you could just say the presence of God has to soak in and in, in, in saturate and inform all these other words. Yeah, that apart, apart from it, a genuine relationship that's with good. Jesus Christ, yep. your purpose is going to be wayward. Yep. yep. And it's going to be off kilter. Your protection is going to be from Sundays, not from the Jesus who makes Sundays special. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your people are going to be arbitrary who they are, you know, right. if, if you don't have, how does Jesus orient and, and align us together um, and help us argue well or yep, yep. or or be, be good accountability partners mm-hmm. in, in a good and godly way what what are we being accountable to well the presence of Jesus helping that's inform good. that that's good clarification that's good. that's good well let's shift gears just a little bit you got four terrific kids they are um, pretty great yes sir and they're my grandchildren so especially you know I'm fond yeah. of them. And uh, your oldest is how old? Violet is about to turn uh, ten. Okay. April April twelfth. So she's she is our very preteen uh, nine year old right now. Um, yeah, and we love so... her, and she is very very uh, uh, perform loves to perform. Oh, loves, she does. Very she very uh, strong in her everything. <laughs> she is about. <laughs> five foot one already in fourth grade so she is very tall and good looking yeah that's true they got ezra your son and you got then you got a young lady sylvia that is uh 
stronger, <laughs> stronger willed child. Can we just say that? Uh, yeah, she, she did. She is. I was praying with her the other night and, it, but there's a story a day with her. She is really in that very spicy age at three. Um, it's not the terrible twos for us. Threes, we, the age we found has, uh-huh. has been the most challenging, but she, yep. She was interrupting me as I was praying for her. I'm like, you know, God bless my daughter. I'll sleep good. I'll trust you and know yeah. you. And she goes, hey, dad. It just kind of blurts into a question. I say, yeah. Sylvia. So it's not it's not polite to interrupt people while they're praying. I keep finishing. <laughs> I pray. Now she, now she, I go, you want to pray? Yeah, I'll pray. So she starts to pray. And, and I, I try to, you know, be a good dad. I'm listening. I amen her. Could, you know, ain't we agree? I'm kind of giving her the, the verbal affirmation. <laughs> she hears a particularly loud amen. She goes, Dad, I'm praying. <laughs> so she knows, she knows how to dish it. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, my word. And then, of course, you, you got your, your youngest new little bit. How old is, is, is Hazel? Hazel Josephine. She is one February 8th. She turned one. She Aww. is. Sweet, sweet cutie. She's got those cartoon eyes, yeah, uh, and yeah. she's got a a voice that that cancels everything else going on <laughs> in the room. Her decibel level exceeds any of her very capably vocally gifted <laughs> siblings. Uh, she hits like sixty five decibels when she screams. So um, oh, measured. Cute. Oh, that's good. Well, anyhow, raising children in our day. It's not yeah. easy, is it? Yeah, yeah. Any anything you want to add along those lines or suggestions of what you have found to be of help or any encouragement to those yeah. that would be listening to what we're saying? I mean, what I've loved uh, just as far as resources go, um, there the people who wrote the book are my kids on track. Uh, Sissy Goff, and there's a couple others who contribute to it. Um, they're just terrific. Um, just as far as a like age by age, mm-hmm. here's here's something to look for markers if you just want a good mm-hmm. reference, Christ based. Um, that's been u- very useful to Lydia and I. There's a lot of great res- Christian resources out there. You guys have made tons of really great ones. Um, <clears throat> but I think that that just generally has been one of my favorite tools but i think maybe a really good anecdote that's been helpful that this a line that they said that just continues to serve Letty and i is is not, an encouragement not to parent out of your seventh grade hurt <laughs> and this little line has just stuck with me and so i think just knowing None of us are going to do it perfectly that's right that's, that's um, very true <laughs> and and none of us are going to do it as bad as we worry, we're going to do it. That's right. right? And, That's and right. so this, this kind of captain guard, there's everybody, we all have examples of people who are just like the most incredible humans in the world who love Jesus. And they yep. had the worst childhood. That's right. And and that's possible. And then there's the kids who just had the most glorious yeah. childhood of Christ exalting family members and yep. they just ran yep. away. Yep. And so if that's true, I, I don't want to just say, Hey, you know, yep. laissez faire, do whatever. But I think what yep. we can really do, and I know I do this is, is just kind of get in that, like, Enneagram too that I yeah, let's do this. You know, what do we do next? And I think part of it for me, at least that God's to just share what I feel like he's teaching me is is just a kind of first Timothy one. But I received Christ's perfect patience as an example to to those who would believe. But I think just like skipping past that part is easy for me. What's Christ's perfect patience for me? Mm. Let me just kind of be sitting in like, why do I feel this fear? For me, it's with my son a lot. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to crush him. I'm going to, I'm going to mm. give him too much guidance. I'm going to, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to, you know, avoid, you know, I just have this, sure. I'm like, what happened? Well, in seventh grade, I felt alone, not because my dad did anything wrong, but because in seventh grade, I just, I felt vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and I felt confused about all, you know, hormones, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's still this, like, yeah. I don't want him to be that boy. Sure. Seventh grade. So what yes. do I do? Everything. I'm just kind of moving hell or high water to avoid <laughs> this scenario playing yep. out in my head, yep. which yep. Is helped so much by just receiving the grace of Christ for me. I love it. I love so, it, Scott. That's where I'd start. That's really good. And uh, Marcia and I had the privilege uh, last uh, Saturday, actually, to speak to a fairly large group of couples about parenting yeah. in, a, in a very challenging age in which we live. And the one point that I hope sticks with everyone, it was our first point, which is prayer. Hmm. Yes, sir. You will never find a parent at the end of their life upset that they prayed too much for their mm-hmm. children, That's but you'll good. probably find a number that thought I should have prayed more. And the because prayer, I mean, these children ultimately don't belong to us; they belong to God. God's the one that made them in the womb. He owns them. We don't. We just have them in trust for a number of years. But by prayer, we invite the God who actually loves them more than we do, knows them better than we do, into that equation. Marcy, your, your mom has on her wall in her laundry room, you know, it's, it's, I call it a war room in a way, because she has the picture of every one of our 12 children. You're in there rather significantly. Uh-huh. And she's got a scripture next to your name just for you that God has given for you. And to me, I give Marsha and her prayers over the years so much of the credit for why you kids have just, by the grace of God, I mean, you didn't, you didn't have an idea. We were not perfect parents to you. Um, You, you know, you made some choices along the way that weren't all positive, you know, and so did I. I mean, we all have, but God has got you in in his heart right now. And and, uh, he's using you powerfully. And I really attribute so much of that certainly to God, but Marcia has called on God daily. She calls on God for each one of you and, and the grandkids as well. So uh, to me, I'd really emphasize that point as well. Absolutely. Yep. There's, there's no greater gift you could give a kid than, than praying for them faithfully. That's so good, Scott. Yeah. Amen. Well, anything else you want to add as a pastor, as a father, as as a, a, a citizen, as somebody that's you know concerned for the the world that your children are going to grow up in, uh, you know, it'd be great if we had a, another great spiritual awakening in this country, returning yeah. our nation to, to God. Do you see any signs of that, by the way, in Austin? Any any hopeful signs that 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 we're going to see a, a, another mighty move of God, or or not yet? I, I don't see it in Austin. I think I don't want to be bleak, but I, I do think I just participated in maybe just something to encourage us in who who need that perspective that our God is not just a um, a God of of our our hearts and our homes and our cities and, yeah. and our nation. But I think uh, God's a global God, you know, and He's a God of eternity that He has these things in mind. And I think. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do in, in Austin. I pray for, and I feel conviction about being faithful to help, help accomplish the, in one of the most liberal cities in our country. Yeah. 
uh, a faithful, resilient presence of Christ mm. in the city center um, mm-hmm. that I pray results in flourishing of this city spiritually yes. and numerically. But I, I'm also tempered by and encouraged by, even if he doesn't, kind of the Daniel, yes. the, 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 the people about to get burned up, right? Yeah. After not praying and bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar, right? They're like, he's going to rescue Shadrach, us Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. That's right. He's going to rescue us from the fire. But if he doesn't, that's okay. We're still going to obey. He, We're still he's gonna... still not, yeah, he's still not somebody I'm going to change my mind about. God's still God. I love it. Um, and I think to that degree, the thing that helps me in that way, we, we've just sat down or did our Zoom call. We do quarterly with our goers. We call our missionaries our goers. We've got oh, about 120 in the field right now. Wow. Um, and another 30 to 40 either, you know, looking for getting their visas to get sure. deployed again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've sent about 400, I think is the number over the last 11 ish years since 2009. Wow. Um, I think, I mean, to brag on our church, like we've done some, we're not perfect. We made some bad choices. Uh, but I think we have, God has used this church to, to, to bless the, the mm. unreached, the, the countries, the people groups that good. have less than 1% access to the gospel, not even like I'm choosing not to go to the church around the corner, but no, have no church. This is who we prioritized. And so uh, we, we, we have a goal of, of taking a hundred of those people groups out of the, like what 7,000 that exist where it's 1% or less access to the gospel. We have a goal partnered with a couple other churches to take a hundred of those unreached people groups into the reached category wow. over the next 20 years. And we have just to this call, we, we have already done three in the last 10 years, taken three from unreached to reach. We had 26,000 first time professing Christians over the last year, 26,000 in, in just from, from this, this initiative, these three churches. Um, and so that's encouraging just to say that that's like five times our Sunday attendance. Yeah. These are new, these are new Christians. Yeah that are professing faith. And so I, that it just encouraged me like our God is a global God and he's moving in places in India and the far, far East that um, they need, they need Jesus just as much as we do. So even the places that feel a little little low, knowing kind of first Peter five, the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by our brotherhood throughout the world. And they're triumphing um, in many ways. So that's so good. Well, that's, that's really encouraging. Well, I would encourage those watching this podcast or listening to this podcast to pray yeah. uh, for Austin Stone Church, the leadership there and the ministry they have. And Scott, why don't you close us in prayer? Would you do that? Sure. I'd love to. Thanks, Dad. Mm-hmm. God, we <clears throat> praise you for the the universal nature of who you are. Um, God, the, the omnipotent nature of who you are, the omniscience. God, you're everywhere. You, you're you're currently in this space uh, in Austin, in my office, and you're in my dad's office and his house in Grand Rapids, and you are you're surrounding uh, your presence, uh, those who call you king in places of the world, God, that are very dark right now. Um, parents separated from children, forcefully, God. Um, God, situations, governments that aren't just indifferent to Christianity, but actively hostile to it. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you are able to sustain and able to, to grow and multiply 
from the ashes, God, something sweet, new faith, enduring faith. God, you're able to pluck sheep that are stuck out of the briar, God, and into your arms and into your safe, your, your home forever, write their name in the book of life. And so I just, I say, thank you for that power that you have. And thank you that you're in the business of rescuing us. And I ask for obedience, God, for, for myself and for, for my dad and for those that uh, chose to participate in this, Lord, that they would, uh, and watch this, that they would today be encouraged by your, your power and your, your omniscience, God, your every, everywhere-ness um, in, in a day-to-day kind of way, that they would stay faithful to you today. They would be patient with self when they aren't uh, and receive grace that's abundant from you, Jesus Christ, when they aren't. Love you. Thanks for this time. And uh, I ask for your ministry, God, to keep blessing those in Grand Rapids and the work of uh, God, pastors who need to keep praying. Would, would they be faithful to do that? Would we ne- not neglect that, that calling to be people dependent on uh, and faithfully doing the work of prayer in your name? Amen. Amen. Well, Scott, thank you. Love you, man. It's proud of you. So grateful. And, and we will keep praying for you for sure and your wife and your kids. And uh, look forward to physically being together, hopefully, uh, in the coming days. So. Sounds great. Love you, Dad. Thanks for the chance to be on here. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.